everyone. Thanks for tuning into Power Athlete Radio, featuring the crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 all-star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. Hey, Power Athlete Nation. Welcome to the premier podcast of strength and conditioning, Power Athlete Radio. I'm joined by my guest host, Mr. Chris McQuilkin, a.k.a. Tex. Howdy. I'm John Walborn, CEO for Power Athlete, and this is Power Athlete Radio, and we are excited to come to you with another Brew with the Crew episode where we are going to take questions from the hotline and we are going to answer them. So we did this little segment where we set up this hotline where if you're curious, you can always leave us a message, you can text us, you can also send uh, smoke signals to 929-464-464-0. 929-ing-ing-0. Yeah. So that's our hotline. If you got a question, you got something, if you're following one of the Power Athlete programs like Grindstone, Field Strong, Jack Street, Hammer, any of the programs out there, and you got questions, submit us uh, some inquiries. Leave us a, a voicemail at the hotline, and we will be more than happy to answer them. But I feel like I'm going to have to address the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Well, there's a lot of new things in the room besides the gorilla. Yeah, well, we don't have a gorilla, but I'm sure we'll find one. Uh, so there could be one lurking within here, but we decided when, man, this actually started a couple months ago. Um, we ended up, uh, going and have lunch with the guys from drinking bros who have a pretty big podcast. And then we went over and checked out their sound studio and where they do drinking bros podcast here in Austin. And one of the first questions they asked us about power at the radio was, you know, what's the video look like? And at that time we were really only doing audio. Like most people doing podcasts, just pushing out the audio. But with Joe Rogan moving to Spotify and YouTube and all that, I feel like the video game has really come up within recent time. And, uh, you know, Dan from Drinking Bros was like, hey, if you are not doing video, you are leaving a ton on the table and you're missing the opportunity to start influencing people and really push power through radio. So at that point, we said, man, let's step it up a little bit. Uh, we, a little. A little. Reached out to, our, you know, one of our, uh, you know, smartest people, most creative people we know, Harry Heppenstall, who's branding for Power Athlete. and uh, Also an avid listener of the podcast. Also an avid listener, longtime follower. Never, less, never left us a question on the hotline, but yet hits he, me with hundreds of questions, questions a day. Everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every, yeah qu- questions everything else. And he pulled in some of uh, his contacts that did a rendering for us. And this is the rendering that they came up with. And then it was thrust upon me to try to execute the rendering as close as possible. We're still waiting on a couple little knickknacks, a few pieces of flair to tie the whole room in, which mm-hmm. unfortunately we had a lot of rain here the last couple of days that got slowed down with the Pony Express. But uh, so we'll be adding a few things. But for the most part, we um, ended up getting a big neon sign from our buddies at Neon Sign up in uh, North Austin. Knocked that out. Not just a clever name, I guess. Yeah, and no, those guys are, are legit. And uh, then obviously, you know, to take the mantra of beat a hammer to a whole new level. We have created a wall of hammers. So I jumped on eBay, got on Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, found a whole different collection of old and new hammers and tried to do a montage of hammers. Um, so you guys see the wall of skulls over there. Uh, little known fact, though, all of those skulls come from this very property. So those are the three bucks I've taken in the last three years. Um, the first year I was here, I didn't hunt. And then every year I've taken a pretty nice buck. So I got those up there. And then that's that big boar that I killed last year. So, uh, but we got some other stuff coming in. And then obviously there's a shovel back there. And 
I have a special spoon coming to match it. And so what we've done is we've tried to take all the different, uh, you know, pieces of power athlete from B to hammer, you know, uh, move the dirt and all the different kind of, you know, eat the week, all the other pieces and just kind of incorporated them into a new and approved new designed experience for power athlete radio. Oh, and it's hot. And if you want to see it and you're listening to this, you tune go into to yes. power athlete radio on YouTube and also Spotify. That's right. Yeah. We load video to Spotify too. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool, man. It's, um, definitely when I saw the rendering, I was like, this is going to be not easy to replicate, but I uh, went and repaneled the whole room, found a really dark, uh, color for it and nailed it up, did all the trim pieces, got everything hung, you know, tried to really match it the best we could. And, uh, it's always neat to have somebody show you like, Hey, this is what it's supposed to look like. And then trying to get within 99% and really reduce that margin of error and see if we hit it. So I think we did a pretty good job. Much like a squat. Much like lifting weights. Much mm-hmm. like playing football. Much like driving 200 miles an hour in a car. Everything is margin of error. Crushed it. So with that being said, let's roll into our first question from our loyal listener via the hotline. Ready, ready? Let's do it. It is a text message from 919 All right. Thanks for all you guys do. Love the content. I train high school athletes, all sports, but mostly football, and I'm looking for help on how to balance their training in school with the training I do with them. There seems to be very little planning planning involved in their current program. For example, I'll have a squat and press day with bedrock programs, and then they come in having squatted a 1RM that morning. What are some of the best practices for managing this and programming effectively for my kids? Thanks. Hmm. Well, we got a few issues here. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's running a private facility that you know he's working with high school age kids that are also involved in their sport, which also has some form of weightlifting component in it. Like let's just you know say it's football. So uh, in the off season, there isn't a football team in America or even the world that probably doesn't have some form of off season strength conditioning program being led by somebody like a coach or uh, you know a paid volunteer or somebody who implements a program. So he's in kind of a, an interesting space in that he is uh, applying you know probably what I think would be the most beneficial program that I've ever come across for that age group of individuals, Bedrock, which if you guys are curious, you can check it out at powerathletehq.com slash Bedrock, mm-hmm. one of our training programs, follows a basic linear progression We've used this program tried and true in the amateur progression for CrossFit football for almost 10 years. And the amount of stories and uh, really just things that I've connected with, I mean, we taught what, close to 300 seminars around the globe and the amount of stories that we got from people that followed that basic linear progression on CrossFit football and then came to the seminar to discuss what happened. like. We like I kick myself for not having a camera to set up all these testimonials. Like I, uh, you know, not that we were video adverse, but I think so many times you're caught in the moment and you don't have like you know your camera guy over your shoulder setting this up. And I don't think we had the wherewithal because we were just trying to survive, <laughs> you know, two days anywhere in the world and go teach a seminar to not have a camera set up to catch these testimonials. I feel like was a hell of a is re- really my largest regret with all this. Uh, is not being able to capture the stories. And, um, you know, part of our, our partnership with CrossFit was they were supposed to handle the media 
they were supposed to send cameras on site, record the media, and really like that was what our percentage and our partnership was put on them. They posted on the site, they let us use the name, and then they capture the media because as I was told, um, you know, at the time, you know, CrossFit was a media company. They were about generating content and pushing it out, and that was their focus. And so I kind of just naively believed that they would collect that, provide it for us, and then be a partnership. Unfortunately, in 10 years or nine years, they only released like one video and maybe like two short little videos, all of which were one of you and one of Ben Oliver and none of me. So, Doing like, good. No, it's um, it's a barometer for how to not be a shitty partner and how to not do your business. Like, if you're invested in somebody and somebody is is carrying your flag and doing your brand and doing these things and you promise, like, make good on it. You know, like our Block One Network. You know, the things we're working on them for like the remote coaching and the clinics and all the stuff that we're getting to try to empower these guys to go out there and do well. You have to be a good partner. You know, and if capturing media and that's what you say you're going to do to be able to capture that media and just not sit on it like a vault because you're, you know, a fucking immature spoiled child who, you know, doesn't know how to react to good information, um, isn't, isn't a, a quality partner. So, um, taking a steer, let me bring this right back. So being with, a good partner for your clients. Yeah. So with, the, with this individual using something like bedrock is extremely intelligent the problem becomes you have to balance that with how do you maximize performance for your athletes and not be a cancer or viewed as an asshole on the team. So I, I, I dealt with this exact problem and it didn't, while it, it panned out for me, it could have gone very poorly. So I'll just give you a hint. I, um, you know, played football at Palos Verdes high school. They closed my high school and they consolidated the three high schools in the area into one, you know, mega high school. And the coach from our rival became the head coach and all, you know, it was up at Rolling Hills. Gary Kimbrell was the head coach. Uh, he had been, you know, our rival at Palos Verdes for decades. And there was a lot of bad blood over a lot of years. And um, so we show up and I was, uh, you know, obviously had lifted weights down there, but had started lifting weights with Zangus. And we would go train three, four, five nights a week with Zangus. Uh, my training partner was a guy named Tasso Papadakis. And Tasso and I would go lift weights and like, we just like training at the high school with what they were doing was so far like removed from what we were doing that, uh, you know, we just kind of showed up, kind of wasted our time, like not wasted, but just kind of pretend like we were doing stuff. And then we cut and we went and did our real training and uh, you can get away with that for a little bit, but uh, you know, we had a strength coach, um, guy named Jim Rundell and, you know, Gary and Jim have since passed away. But um, he, you know, noticed very quickly that we weren't doing this stuff, comes and approaches us and, you know, hey, and, and like just being honest, I was like, I, you know, I train with the same guy I've been training with, George Zangus, and he knew George, you know, and they, uh, you know, I think uh, Jim had owned a gym and it was, you know, of course, these guys had, you know, grown, you know, lived in the same area their whole lives. So they were somewhat rivals too. And all of a sudden he tells the head coach and now all of a sudden I'm a fucking bad guy. I'm a cancer because I'm not doing their training. And uh, the head coach, Gary Kimbrell, um, was kind of a vindictive dude in a lot of ways in that when I started playing uh, varsity and that whole deal, I started getting letters from school. So that, that's how they contacted you. They wrote a letter, sent it to your head coach. The head coach gave it to you. Fill, you filled out the information and sent it back. And they started sending letters to me. 
and one of my buddies who was, who was his like TA in the mornings would go pick up his mail and he's like, Hey, uh, you're getting these letters. Is he giving them to you? And I was like, no, he's like, how about I just give them to you or you go get them. So I would walk in the office every morning, go to where his mailbox is and just pull out my letters, fill them out and send them back. And so I just, that's how I started communicating with these coaches and they started getting cut ups. I started getting recruited in this whole deal. And then I played my senior year, finished the last game after the last game, you know, we come in film study deal. He comes over and hands me a bunch of letters and goes, Hey, uh, I've been holding on to these. I didn't want the, you to get distracted. And they were like three years old. Oh, and at this point I'd already like, you well, know, got scholarship the, offers. You, yeah. Signing day is coming. Yeah, gone. Yeah. I mean, dude, like signing day was like two months away. Like I was already scheduled to take my trips. I had already gone taking pre-trips. I'd gone out to Colorado. I'd gone out and seen other schools. So it was kind of ironic. And I remember thinking like, thanks. And, uh, like just, uh, you know, well, that, that is a danger for this gentleman's so, athletes. So what I'm saying is, uh, you have to balance by doing a very effective training system that is going to be met with some kind of resistance because it's not, you know, their system. And, but yet you don't want to get viewed as a cancer and you don't want to get into a situation where now all of a sudden people are doing things vindictive against you. You know, you, the age old, you know, oh, I, I you know, I didn't play because my coach didn't like me. Well, my coach legitimately didn't like me, but he couldn't keep me off the field because I was the better, I was one of the best players. Um, so it was kind of a catch 22, but he found other ways to try to screw me, but I'm a little more resourceful than that. And I'm not going to allow that to fucking derail me. So with this, what I would recommend is kind of acquiescing a little bit as the private coach and being like, here's the deal. Um, I don't want this training to negatively affect your future as an athlete, you know, cause sometimes high school coaches and sometimes people can be vindictive and, you know, cut off their nose to spite their face. Or let's say a guy's okay, but not kind of borderline. They might give the tap just because so-and-so had done the training and showed himself to be a team guy. Mm -hmm. So uh, there has to be a balance. Do I have the perfect solution for you? No. Probably it's going to be a little bit of both. So you're probably going to have to tell those kids, hey, you need to go in and do your coach's program and absolutely kill it. And then you're going to have to come here and we're going to have to probably reduce the volume a little bit. Uh, at certain points in the year to try to, you know, you know, go with some recovery stuff or, you know, if these kids have the wherewithal and they have the, um, you know, enough lead in their pencil, man, they might just have to do double days and suffer through it, which is what we did. I, I, I remember one of our sprint workouts, uh, one of Gary Cambrell's sprint workouts was a 16 220s. So you would run, uh, basically half the, half the track, you know, 440. Yeah. So, you know, 400 meter track. So you run 200 walk 200 and then run 200 yeah and sprint we sprint the straights no yeah, no it, it was uh sprint the curves yeah it was sprint the curves interesting yeah it, yeah it was like a weird you know you'd basically run this way so you would do like half and half so you so you basically like was, a nascar driver yeah and of course it's not like halfway through we switched and ran the other way no because that would be too smart but uh that was a pretty standard monday sprint workout the problem is how many of those can you really run fast? Maybe one. And it ends up looking like four miles of sprints and walks. I mean, it's just a ton of volume that, uh, you know, that's, that's your idea of sprint development. It was two twenties. Yeah. So I've, I've been on both sides of this one as a high school strength and conditioning coach and then kids going to private. And now how did, how did you deal with that? Well, like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting yeah. into, and now, uh, a sport 
coach, but pulling kids in to train through the garage and um, offering that up to them. Both times, I aim to get the kids. I need the program that coach wants. So I need to pull in and do what they're doing because I'm more resourceful than the, I happen to know the private strength and conditioning coach that my high school kids were going to. Uh, it was a, a baseball guy. And then um, for now, I, I don't know the coaches yet, but that is my goal certainly to get to know the, the high school coaches in my community to find out what the hell they're doing and develop a relationship with them. But now I ask the kids, like, hey, what'd you do today? Bring in the program. Because one practice this season with lacrosse, the kids were just not there. It was, it was a t- horrible warm-up, and then beginning with the skill work, uh, not good. Just call a timeout on the whole practice plan of the day and ask them, what the hell is going on? It was a 1RM day. Oh. So uh, squats, deadlifts, power cleans, all in one day, and... I'm not mad at the kids. No, but, but like, I, I mean, we've put out like, like right. I realize uh, a lot of these guys are really just kind of going off of like, I don't actually, I don't even know what the fuck they're thinking. I mean, there is uh, a certain level of training and adaptation and experience and just time under the barbell that is required to effectively list a one RM. The problem is when you bring in and you ask kids who are not adept at lifting weights that have not the mileage under the bar to lift a 1RM, it's not anywhere near like uh, like accurate. It's so, yeah. it's so far off base that it just becomes a waste. And then what they're doing is they're trying to build a percentage-based program. And most we, likely. We don't know. Well, but most, uh, well, like think about like, I mean, there's only one reason to test 1RMs. So you can figure out what a percentage-based program is. What we've shown over the last, you know, 20 plus years is that percentage-based programs for beginners are a complete waste of time. That's why we test, uh, you know, or we, we use five RMs. Um, we use five rep maxes for these kids, basic linear progression. And we've seen that the kids that follow this basic linear progression, like we've seen on Bedrock, do make leaps and bounds better progress than they do, you know, going off a percentage-based program. Because at the percentage, you, it has to start from somewhere. When you take 80% of something, you have to have a number. Mm-hmm. And it's not like these coaches are jiggy enough to be like, all right, well, let's base these percentages off of 5RMs or 10, you know, or 7s or you know, 4s or something else. It's just, it's, um, and it's not lazy. It's just the fact that sport coaches look at like strength conditioning and performance as kind of an add-on. Well, I am a sport coach. Oh, they got to lift some weights. Okay, great. I'm just going to go. Uh, instead of like sitting down and being like, all right, let me consult actually people that do this. I'm just going to borrow something and I'm, I'm going to just implement something on that, you know, somebody else puts out instead of sitting down and reaching out to people and being like, Hey man, like how does this physiology work? So much so that we've had coaches follow our program with incredible results and then not tell their competitors what they were doing because they mm-hmm. don't want them to get an advantage. Yeah. So that's, there's so much going in and you need to protect your athletes first. And I need you to ask your kids, whatever you can do, get the program to bring it in. If it is not a printout or it's not available online, then whatever whiteboard day they got, freaking take a picture of it and see if you can pick up on the, the strength program patterns. If it says percentages, okay, well you need to aim to now protect it. Uh, second question I have for you, what are you telling your parents? Are you promoting, hey, we're going to increase athleticism, power, strength, speed? 
or are you pitching injury prevention? Mm. You need to stick to what you're saying. So if it is strength, we need to find different ways, and this is where their program comes into play. I, I, can, I can almost bet that the coaches are not doing frontal plane or a lot of trunk work and dead bugs and different patterning drills. So we can improve. By improving coordination, we're improving strength and almost doing the best job you can working around shitty strength training and you're you're going to get zero praise all the sport sport coaches or whomever is applying the program are going to think it's their program but at the same time your athletes will find success on the field and you'll know sir so uh find out as much as you can about the program they are doing whatever you are telling the parents stick to it and do your damnedest to accomplish said goal if it is injury prevention and that becomes now injury prevention in the weight room for their high school training, not just the field for there. And man, talk, yeah, talk to the parents. And I would suggest this fall, you start going to the games. And if you can aim to develop a relationship with this coaching staff and then say, hey, you know, I'm Johnny's strength and conditioning coach. How's this footwork? How's this speed? And then they'll start to say, hey, you know what? to one year or, you know, six months down the line, uh, you know, Susie needs better footwork. You know, this kid coached Johnny up, I'm going to send him there. So it can potentially lead to more, but the, the minute you start, you cannot and absolutely not speak negatively about the program that the kids are doing to the kids. Yeah. Don't, don't shit on it. Kids are honest. Um, you know, you'll see this, uh, when you guys have your own kids or maybe you do, uh, the level of honesty that kids provide, like, my wife and I have, have, have had conversations uh, in front of our kids, and then all of a sudden the kids will, like, the, you know, like say something like, and all of a sudden the people come over, you run into them, and the kids are like, oh, I guess, and you're like, mm, don't say that. You know, like, oh, so-and-so's getting a divorce, and you're talking about it, and the kids are like, oh, I heard how's you're that getting divorce? A, yeah, how's that divorce going? And you're like, <laughs> mother of God. So I, I had to tell the kids, I'm like, hey, when you hear mommy and daddy talking about something, don't repeat it to people. So same thing, take that same uh, approach and be like, hey, if uh, instead of looking at what the coach is doing and being like and shitting on it because it's probably stupid, just be like, hey, you know what? Not the way I do it, but I'll tell you, we're going to work around it. Uh, funny story on Hammer. Some guy posted the other day a uh, comment of like, why do we do dead bugs? I'm so tired of doing these dead bugs. And the guy was like complaining about the dead bugs and like, uh, and I, I didn't even get a chance to respond. Somebody's like, all this is doing is bringing more dead bugs on us. Stop. Seriously. With this. That's, that's <laughs> my first thought. Yeah. Okay. okay. More dead bugs. Oh, that's funny. I'm like, Oh, you, you want more cowbell? You know what this <laughs> needs? More cowbell. Just like, you know what the wall needs? More hammers. And if you have a hammer oh, sitting at yeah. home that you would like to donate to power athlete and maybe get put up on the wall, uh, reach out, leave a question on the hotline or hit us with an email at info at power athlete. And we'll give you an address, and uh, we definitely would always take some user-donated hammers if you get some cool-looking ones. Just don't go to like Home Depot and buy a normal hammer if you got no, something. No, we want gnarly. hammer with so, a story. Yeah, hammer with story. Something that is character. Something that uh, is cool. I mean, I got a little one up there that we broke that I put a, just a little one up, so you can see it kind of up there. See the broken ah, one? I do. Yeah. Yeah, that hammer was actually from I found in the dirt here on this property, and it was oh, busted that's great. Up. So yeah, no. and then our 
Callie Hinsman gifts yeah. engraved hammers at the top. Yeah, years ago, Callie gave us hammers that say, be the hammer on it. So I throw those up there too. So there's a nice collection. So every, everything has a personal story associated mm-hmm. with it. Yes. And for our listener or caller or texter, we hope that all of your athletes one day have a story about such a great inspiration that they once had that empowered their performance. Yep. Talk about you, not their sport coaches. True. All right. Anything to add? No. All right, man. So plenty of advice there. Follow up. And then if you're not, get in the Power Athlete methodology because it's big on social intelligence, yep. not only communicating to parents on the value of you and your action as a strength and conditioning professional, but also stepping in and communicating to sport coaches, hey, this is what we're doing for the purpose of transfer to the field and then how to systematically break it down. And maybe one day you're hired by that school, contracted out to be their strength and conditioning professional. We can only hope. Boom. And if anyone else out there has any training-related questions, nutrition, professional development as a coach, we've been through a lot in that, in that respect. John, where do they go? Uh, powerathletehq.com backslash training or you can go check us out at academy.powerathletehq.com if you're into the methodology we also got a trainer's course and we got a ton of education we got a bunch of new stuff uh that we're hopefully in the works after we get a few other programs launched and uh the one thing i'm really excited about are the clinics oh yeah so we did a test run of uh a basic strength and speed clinic here at Power Athlete for about 17 kids. Uh-huh. We didn't really market it. We just kind of pushed it out for a couple of weeks and ended up getting 17 kids that were, you know, in that 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 age group, which uh, I think is such a, a cool age group, especially to be influenced at this type of information. Uh, we brought them in. We did um, a bunch of strength training, a bunch of sprint progression, and just helping them, you know, set a foundation. And the whole impetus behind this and really the push was to kind of create a model that we can push out to our block one network and now we can start offering these clinics uh you know around the globe we have uh, Mm -hmm. 150 plus block one coaches around the globe and i would love to be able to go in and influence that group and get those guys action to start teaching these one day and at least get these kids set up and on the right track and And i think it's highly needed yeah and that was a personal mission i knew a lot of the kids coached a lot of those kids and now they're set free into their Summer football training program, yep. and they're in a better position to survive. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, ideally, if we got a chance to work with them for six months, it would be different. But if we oh, can just yeah. get in there, influence them, talk to their parents, and just at least give them a chance. Because I think all too often when kids get kind of thrown into this stuff, uh, you know, like especially in a big weight room, you might have one coach, 50 kids, and they're kind of running around to at least give them the confidence to say, hey, I've done this. I got a little bit of coaching. I feel like I can move and I have a resource to go back to in case I have do have questions. So I'm really excited for that piece. Um, yeah. And so uh, keep an eye out for those. They'll be on powerathletehq.com. If you're subscribed to the newsletter, uh, you know, you can go on and, you know, throw your email in. If you're already there, you're going to be getting hit with it. So we're going to start pushing those out. Just look for a schedule of dates and locations and you're going to see them pop up. And uh, they're pretty cool. I mean, I'd, I'd love to get back to the point where actually we power out. They got to go teach some adult stuff because that was a lot of fun. But I feel like we can start with a really good demographic of those kids and maybe we'll progress into some other stuff. Oh, yeah. I asked and answered. Boom. All right. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Power Athlete Radio. Bye. Bye.
Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to PowerAthleteHQ.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit Academy.PowerAthleteHQ.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!